the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Prayers Heard in Heaven. God wants to raise up an army of believers whose prayer shakes the nation and the nations of the world. God wants you to shake the evil out of its dwelling place in your family, in your workplace, in the nation. Prayers Heard in Heaven is a teaching ministry teaching God's people to pass blessings with prayer. In the fifth chapter of James, the Bible tells us to pray for one another that we may be healed and that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. The following program, Prayers Heard in Heaven, with speaker and teacher Valerie Sneed, will help you learn to pray fervently and effectively and truly see results in prayer. Valerie Sneed, with Prayers Heard in Heaven, starts now. God wants the church to experience new life within. He gave us this new life by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so the church stands at the edge of greatness right now as the coming of the Messiah comes upon us. God has given the church the Holy Spirit so that we do not commit any faith crimes. He sent the Holy Spirit to be an all-consuming fire in every area of our lives. The Lord wants you to be absolutely filled with the fire of his spirit. It's to be an all-consuming power. When we are fully inspired by the Holy Spirit, the works of God shall be done. He will manifest his power in such a tremendous way, it will bring non-believers to the Lord. His presence, Satan cannot counterfeit. There are many things that Satan can counterfeit, but the presence of God, He cannot counterfeit that. The fruits of the Spirit in your life will be so magnificent. The work of God will be performed and will make an impression on those around you. I'm talking about walking in spiritual power as never before. God has brought the church to the threshold of greatness. The world will not understand what God is doing through you. When you begin to walk in the manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit, he's brought you to a place today of ascension. You're born of the Spirit of God. The Pharisees and the rulers of Jesus, they they couldn't understand Jesus because he was born of the Spirit of God. When the Jewish leader Nicodemus visited Jesus in secret by night, he was longing to understand the man of the miracle signs and wonders, the miracle man. The same ones who were born again Nicodemus could not understand when Jesus said, you must be born again. Now stay with me and there'll be a sudden shift in how you experience the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, you must be born again, Nicodemus. And Nicodemus said, but how? I'm already here, he was saying. And I'm paraphrasing, if you will. Can a man fit back into his mother's womb and be born again? He said, you must be born again of water and of spirit. Jesus is saying, there's another life, Nicodemus. 
There are two lives in this realm. Jesus wants Nicodemus to come to a position of empowerment, to leave the domination of the enemy and living by the flesh, the carnal man, and come into a new understanding, enter the kingdom of God and take it by force. Jesus was waiting for Nicodemus to believe in him. Nicodemus stood at the turning point in his life. The look on Nicodemus' face must have been shocked. This must have revealed shock to Jesus because Jesus said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, Nicodemus, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Don't marvel that I've said this to you. You must be born again. Can you imagine the look on this man's face? Jesus says, don't marvel. So he's got a shocked look on his face about what Jesus is saying. He's trying to tell Nicodemus to join a new race, the race of God, where the spirit of God lives within us. Because Jesus knew the day was coming when he would release the power of the Holy Spirit. We have a faith in us, and it's the faith of God. God wants you to believe in the new life that you have as a believer, to walk in the light of the power of God's words. For the most part, it's simple. But if we refuse because we lack knowledge to take hold of what Jesus has given to us, then we will lack power and authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. That's what he's given to us. The church is a place of healing, of deliverance, of power from on high. Demonstrations of the glory of God present when the body of Christ comes together. God has brought the church to the threshold of greatness. I'm talking about you, the believer. Jesus came in the form of a bondservant, in the form of man to be the forerunner before us, that we should know that we could manifest the power and the glory of God by the presence of the Holy Spirit within us. He has given us faith. When we don't receive what God has freely given to us by the church, then we walk in anxiety and worry and fear. And that's a faith crime. It's the opposite of what God has said that he gave the church. 2 Timothy 1 and 7. For this reason, I remind you to fan in flame the gift of God. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a disciplined mind. I had to learn to use my disciplined mind. I thought that by reading scripture and attending church, that what my mind would change on its own. I learned the hard way by committing faith crimes that I had to use my disciplined mind that God had given me. I had to deny the spirit of fear to rebuke it, to cause it to flee. Because the spirit of fear brings the spirit of doubt. And doubt brings the spirit of depression. And depression will bring the spirit of oppression. And oppression means bondage. I had to learn to agree with the word of God and the spirit of God. I learned to take my thoughts into captivity and to line them up with the word of God. Paul used his authority and he put it to good use, pulling down strongholds and destroying the weapons of the enemy. What if we get this into our heart today? No more faith crimes. I'll not commit not one more. Christ dwells in our heart by faith. What faith is this? It's not ordinary faith. When I think, when I awaken in the morning, well, I'll go to work tomorrow morning. And maybe a thought comes to mind, well, the husband will pay the bills this month as usual. And the kids will do their chores 
Well, maybe not that one. But when I go to the bank from 8 to 5, between 8 and 5, it'll be open. That's ordinary faith. But we're not talking about ordinary faith today. We're talking about supernatural faith. We're talking about the superpower faith. We're talking about the Holy Spirit, what God has given us in our spirit. It's beyond ordinary. It's superior to ordinary. It's superior to ordinary works. That's natural faith to know. You know, wake up in the morning and uh, tomorrow will be Monday, tomorrow will be Tuesday. That's ordinary faith. But what God gave you, what he's placed inside of you, it's not ordinary. It's extraordinary. The faith we're talking about today is God's faith. He is given you by the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit is to place and work in us the likeness of Christ. So in John fourteen sixteen to 20, and Philippians 1 and 21, I live, yet not I, but it's Christ that liveth in me. Faith is basically the state of the indwelling of Christ. God gives us his faith. So I'm going to ask you to repeat with me today. No more faith crimes. No more faith crimes. I am going to invest myself in believing the word of God and living by it. I'm walking in the power of Almighty God and the authority that God has given me, and I am not turning back. Oh, won't you say that with me today? I'm walking in the power of Almighty God and the authority that God has given me, and I am not turning back. No more faith crimes. Because the Bible shows us that it is a sin. God sees it as sin to doubt him. He sees it as sin. The attitude that we must have is of warfare and pulling down strongholds, using our divine power to destroy the works of the enemy. Jesus said that's why he came into the world, because he would destroy the works of the enemy. I know I've been asked before, well, if Jesus destroyed the works of the devil, then why is sin still here? Why is sickness still here? Why is death still here? He said he came to destroy the works of the devil. He came to destroy sickness and disease, pain and suffering. But why is it still here? Because he did not destroy Satan. He destroyed his works over the believer's life. He destroyed his works over your life. He destroyed sickness, disease and discomfort. If we take a hold of what God has done, those are the works of the enemy from Satan over your life before you came into Christ, but now you have power and authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and and over all the power of the enemy. So Jesus did not destroy Satan. He destroyed the power of his works over the believer's life. He's not the God of your world. He may be running around in this world. He may be loose in this world, but he's not the God of your world because you are from another world. And the final triumphant battle, Jesus will destroy the works of the enemy in this realm. Right now, he's destroyed the power of the enemy over your life. When Satan is destroyed, all of his works will be destroyed. But right now, he's given you authority. And so you must know your authority because the battle is on. And you have already been named the victor. Brother Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 10.5. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. The weapons of our warfare are not the weapons of the world. Instead, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We tear down arguments and every presumption set against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience as soon 
as your obedience is complete. Jesus paved a magnificent way for the church, coming in the form of man, demonstrating the works of God, and then telling each of us in the church, the works I do, you shall do, and even greater works than this shall you do. Let's focus on the work that Jesus did, because the greater works is coming behind that. Jesus Christ, who being in the form of man, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Philippians 2, 5 to 8. The expression made himself of no reputation indicates that Christ cleared himself from his place with God. The significance of the surrender of Christ is discovered and what he abandoned and what he became. Jesus was deity who took on the form of man. He took on flesh and he had to endure afflictions of the human, the carnal man. Jesus was tempted as a mere man in this world. Hebrews 2, 14 to 18. And we can clearly see that deity became man and he increased in wisdom. The child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. Luke 2 and 40. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. He wept and felt anguish of heart and the deep emotions of the human spirit. In John 11, he felt the pains and the whips upon his back as they beat him unmercifully before they drove iron spikes through his flesh and nailed him to the cross. He had not felt or known these measures of a man as God. He became man to be merciful and the faithful high priest to aid those who were tempted Hebrews 2, 17 to 18. God wants you to step into a new dimension of victory that Christ has suffered and delivered unto you. A victory that's so tremendous, so profound, you'll look back and wonder how you got there. Remember, I can give just one principle today, and if you get a hold of it, it'll alter your entire life as you go forward. Philippians 4, 6 opens with the word for you today, a word so powerful that it moves with tremendous momentum when applied to our circumstance. Now, the instructions here are clear. But if we miss the steps the Lord gives us, then we meet with obstacles and defeat. Philippians 4, 6 gives us explicit steps of how to conquer. One, don't be worried, concerned, or nervous. Be fearful not of one thing, but in all circumstances, whatever you need, bring it before the Lord. And make a request to the Lord with a heart full of thanksgiving. And because you are thankful, you are not fearful. Because of your love bond and relationship with him, you know that God is going to give you help because you have come before a loving father who hears your needs, whose heart is full of mercy and compassion, and he is sure to answer you. And after you've made this request and placed your petition and supplication before God, because you trust in him. He will honor your requests because you live in a loving relationship with him. And you're going to walk away with peace in your heart because he's the God of peace. Because he is the God of peace. He brings peace into your spirit. 
So you're going to walk away with an unusual peace that will go beyond natural understanding. That's the peace that guards your heart and your mind because it's the power of Christ. So you will remain strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So I've given these steps to you to remain strong in the Lord, to bring your request before him no matter your circumstance. And you're assured of an outcome that's victorious if you follow the steps of the scripture, Philippians 4, 6. Now let's read it to be sure that our interpretation was right. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind. So let's go through it one step at a time. There's four steps that the Lord just gave us. Step one, don't commit any faith crime. He said, don't be anxious. Be anxious about nothing. And step two, prepare a petition to bring before the Lord. And step three, come to the Lord with gratitude in your heart, with thanksgiving in your heart, because you're approaching a loving father and you're confident that he will grant your request. And step four, now present the request, minister unto him, present your request and the peace will come to you from God's spirit. He will guard your heart and your mind. Now remember, the Holy Spirit is given to the church to help us to achieve our responsibilities and the kingdom of God. Jesus stated that it was not him, but the Father in him that was doing the works. It's the same Father that does the work through us. You remember in the Lord's Prayer, the first thing Jesus established, our Father. And so he tells us, it's the Father in me that's doing the work. But we have the same Father. He is our Father. So it is the Father, it is the Holy Spirit in us that doeth the work. The Holy Spirit gives us the ability and the might to do the works of God. The Holy Spirit is a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Jesus talked about this in John 7 and 38. He describes it as living water. This power of the Holy Spirit living in you can alter your life. And then your life will be read as a letter to others around you. Souls will be saved, transformed, because you understand and you pray. You pray from the Spirit of God, this living water within you. Jesus said, but you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be witnesses. So let's go on to power. No more faith crimes. No more faith crimes. No more doubt. No more anxiety. And no more fear. Because we've learned today. It's a faith crime. Ephesians, in the book of Ephesians and the New Testament, it's given as a source of light in our life. And I invite you to read it daily. Read from this book. I am in the book of Ephesians every day of my life. It's almost not a day that doesn't go by that I am not in the book of Ephesians because it kindles the fire of the Holy Spirit within. And as you learn to pray, pray this prayer continuously over yourself. Ephesians three fourteen to 21. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant me, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in my heart by faith, and that I, being rooted and grounded in love, 
may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge, that I might be filled with the fullness of God. And now unto him that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I hope or ask for, according to the power that worketh in me. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end, according to the power that worketh in me. Make that scripture personal. Again, that's Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 to 20. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 to 20. As you pray that prayer daily over yourself, you will kindle the fire of the Holy Spirit within. As you kindle a fire, the fire gets stronger. The blaze grows wider and taller. And you will find that the power of the Holy Spirit begins to operate through you more and more and more. Your confidence, your faith in God will increase. You won't commit any faith crimes. There'll be no crimes of faith with you. Because you will know that the power of the Holy Spirit is operating in you. This is the understanding that Jesus was trying to bring Nicodemus to. He was trying to get him to understand this is a new life, Nicodemus. It's not your old life. You must be born again. You must be born of the Spirit of God. Because when you receive the Spirit of God, Nicodemus, you'll be a new man. Let go of the old life and step into a life of manifested power of God. This is what Jesus was trying to show Nicodemus, a brand new life, a life aside, apart from what he had ever known. And so Nicodemus is sitting there with Jesus. The Bible says he came to Jesus by night and he's sitting there with Jesus and he's marveling at this time that he spends with the Messiah. And he's seen the miracles, the signs and the wonders. He knows that Jesus has something that he doesn't have. So Nicodemus parts himself from the Pharisees by night. This leader of the Jewish people, he comes to see and hear what Jesus has to say. So Jesus' life is being read. Nicodemus is reading it as an epistle. It means he's reading it as a letter. We are to be doing the works of God, children of God. The power of God is to be manifested through our prayer life. We aren't to just see an answer to prayer over here and over there and, you know, sporadically. We are to have consistent answers of prayer. I'm talking about answers to prayer that are exceedingly and abundantly above what you're hoping or asking for. I'm talking about answered prayer that's so astounding. It's so obvious that it's God. Because there's no way that that circumstance could have been worked out for you or for your child or for your husband or those that you're praying for that you know that only God could have done this miraculous thing that that person is experiencing or that you're experiencing that you prayed about. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit that Jesus said was in him, that was doing the works, that's the same Holy Spirit that's in you that will do the works of God. It's by that same Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Jesus brought us into clear communion with God when he said, our Father. When he said, it's the Father that doeth the works. He was establishing a relationship that would take us to another dimension if we would receive that into our spirit. I'm Valerie Sneed. 
with prayers heard in heaven, teaching God's people to pray. Prayers Heard in Heaven is a prayer ministry with Bible teacher Valerie Sneed. We hope you are inspired by this message. To hear more, visit prayersheardinheaven.org. You've been listening to Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven. If you missed any of the program, listen next Sunday evening at 5.30. For more information about their weekly live prayer call, visit their website at prayersheardinheaven.org. You are invited to join Valerie and Joan on a live conference call every Saturday morning at 7.30 a.m. Central Time by calling 1-832-895-9654. That's 1-832-895-9654 each Saturday morning at 7.30 a.m. Central Time. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.